live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, partying. Partying, partying. Yeah! Alright, here we go. Where are we around the West and the Southwest. It's Cofield and Company. Steve Cofield, Willie Ramirez. We're going to be heading down to Phoenix in a little bit as Adam Hill is manning the broadcast table for ESPN Las Vegas at the Phoenix Convention Center Super Bowl right around the corner. Big game Sunday. We'll tell you about all the cool parties. Spearman Rhino has a really cool party. Uh, free to get in for locals, free food buffet, lots of drink specials, and of course the ladies of Spearman Rhino. And uh, make sure you check out all the cool deals at Subaru of Las Vegas. are both helping present Cofield and Company on the road in Phoenix. And today, Willie in San Diego. And Willie is over at Treasure Island. What's up, Willie? What's happening? How are you? Uh, a whole lot. How are you? I'm good. It seems like no matter where any of us are at, where the team has been at all week, I know you've been doing the grunt of it in terms of being down there along with our Sister Station, Raider Nation Radio, and Q, and the whole uh, Lotus family, but it just feels like it's just been such a, I don't know, team effort. Just everybody's involved, so it's like everyone's on the on the run, on the hustle, oh, yeah. on the on the move, on the groove. Yep. It, you know, yep. because being in Vegas, there's so much thing, so many things happening, and and um, so it's it's. I've sort of this is. I think this might be the first year that I've been with you guys where I've really felt the vibe because I'm in the studio early in the week listening to you, you know, or, or feeding, getting interviews fed to me, or just being there. So, being in and around, it's been it's been a different. I will say this: it's been a different vibe for me this week. And next year is going to be crazy. We'll see what we got set up at the next Super Bowl in Las Vegas. And I can tell you, you know, between whatever the ten people who are working on all of our Super Bowl coverage from. Phoenix and Vegas and elsewhere, uh, well-oiled machine. Everyone is extremely happy, uh, working well together. So it's been a really, really cool week. Speaking of that, we got some positive signs out of EGK, and especially from Jack Eichel. Yeah, snapped his uh, slump and finally got a goal. Wasn't a good night for former Golden Knight uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. They chased him after two. Golden Knights with a pair of 5-1 victories out of the break, and now they come home for a Super uh, Super Bowl Sunday matinee game. And uh, the only bad news out of it, Logan Thompson. Haven't heard because they were off today, so they don't have to report. But he was supposed to have an MRI. He went out after a nasty twist to his knee. The only thing we heard last night, Bruce Cassidy said that he was upping, moving around. Hopefully we'll get good news after today's MRI. Man, it'd be good to see him get on a roll now. Yeah, it would be good to see the entire team get on a roll. Um, I think that the time off was well needed. We talked about that. It was just something to get, you know, just get away from the ice, get away from the rink, sort of just get away, get away from hockey, because what was built into that was the bye. And part of that collective bargaining agreement, part of the part of the rules is when you have when you're on your bye, Nothing, nothing team-related, no, no facility-related, so they can't even really go. I mean, I guess if you want to voluntarily go work out yourself, but you cannot go do anything team-related, so it was good to get away probably for them. What's the buzz down at a TI Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar? 
Oh, man. Got to get down here because uh, the sports book is lit, as they say, with all the big screens. The sports book's open. The kitchen, of course, is open with one of the best uh, food offerings. And, uh, yeah, they're getting pumped up just like every other place. But this place is going to be fantastic for the Super Bowl because there isn't a place in here where, like, if wherever you're sitting, you, you're going to see some. You're going to be able to see the game. So, yep. I mean, come on down, check it out. And the best part about it, Steve, free parking. I mean, really, honestly, these days <laughs> you, live, you, li- you live up on the uh, up on one side of town. I live where I live on the other side of town. I mean, we rarely want to drive into town unless there's one of two things, unless it's, you know, there's convenience or we're getting paid for something. And yeah. you, you come down to Treasure Island, hey, uh, free parking, and it's easy access off the, off the freeway. So, yeah, get down here. That's a big kick in the knee, right? When you, you get down on the strip and you got a, a lot of places, you, you don't even get that first hour, first three hours you get you get booted. Actually, I drove uh, into San Diego last night. I drove from Phoenix. I'll talk about that ride later when we get Adam Hill popping on because he put the uh, fear of God into me. But, yeah, I got I got dinged at the hotel I'm staying at. Uh, I looked up, went to go park in the garage, and at 34 a night, I'm like, ah, all right. There you go. Everything costs something, right? Nothing, nothing for free anymore. Uh, the halftime show, the halftime show at the Super Bowl is free. Uh, give me this little tie-in here. I don't even understand this. You said it's National Umbrella today, and then you mentioned Rihanna. Well, yeah. I mean, that's one of her. That's going to be one of her songs. I think that there's even a prop out there. Which will be the first song she plays in her halftime show? And I, I would imagine a lot of people are going to bet on Umbrella. Um, of course, the only time that there probably an umbrella was needed during a halftime show was when Prince saying purple rain in the rain with purple lights and i still think it's the greatest halftime show ever um the younger generation is probably going to say last year's with snoop dogg and dr dre gonna be hard to top that one for the modern era but i'm excited to see who rihanna brings out considering she's she had one of her most popular if not her most popular song what's my name with drake um and then the the, uh, you know a, a a I, I don't know if it was public or not, or if it was just a rumor. I don't even know. I don't follow that kind of stuff, but that, that they were dating. But uh, fact of the matter is, it would be fantastic if Drake made a, a surprise appearance. There's always, you know, there's always a surprise appearance with these things. But uh, I'm excited for the halftime show this year, just because I'm a Rihanna fan. I had a good time making uh, some rejoins for uh, our Sunday show um, because I made sure that uh, three of her best songs are part of it, and uh, a couple other fun stuff. So yeah, um, Rihanna. It's Umbrella Day, and one of her top songs is Umbrella. ASAP Rocky plus 200. Favorite is Jay-Z minus 250. Drake minus 200. DJ Khaled is plus 200. Kendrick Lamar is plus 250. They're not giving you real good prices. I'm like eight different people here. but These are what? Those are surprise appearances? Yeah. Okay. I w- DJ Khaled would be an interesting one. Um yeah, I don't know. First song performed, Umbrella plus 645, Diamonds plus 220, a bunch of songs in between. You got What's a song you like? What's my name? Willie? Uh, that was stupid. Um, sorry, that was just dumb. Is that on the list? What's my name? I don't see it, I don't see it on here. Really? Are you, are you sure that's the name of the song? Yes, Steve. Okay. Pause, well, all right. Well, apparently it's not even it's not even in the mix, which would seems unusual. Let me see. I, I'm almost part of that. That's the name of the song. Like, I mean, I'm, yeah. What's what's my name? Song by Rihanna, featuring. I know odds on it. 
No odds on it. Wow. Uh, did you see the national anthem prop, which I love? I sit there with a timer like a dork and then go crazy right after the song, and 98% of the people at the Super Bowl parties I'm at have no idea what's going on. The uh, internet you know, starts to buzz right after that because everyone's got a little bit different times in terms yeah. of the official number. It's Chris Stapleton, and the number is pretty freaking high. Two minutes, six seconds, and a half. Ooh. And there's a lean on the over. So 126 and a half seconds. Hmm. And and when you did it, how many how many did you do, and did it, what does it average out to? What what do you mean when I did it? Did, did you I do say research that, on the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you do research? Did I, you go to YouTube? I usually do research and see if and see if the uh, artist has Have done the uh, national anthem somewhere else, but I haven't done it yet on this one. Okay, well, this is a country singer, right? Yep, and he's slow. That's what I was just gonna say. So those long, drawn out syllables. I, I mean. It's high for a reason. It's like they say. It's like they say about those those college football games that hit this high sixties, early seventies, low seventies. You got to play them for a reason. They're high for a reason. So we got a ton of good guests coming on today, including a couple of former Raiders, uh, breaking news people from the National Football League, a uh, hero in Nate Boyer. That's coming up in just a couple minutes. But right now, giveaway time. Jimmy Buffett coming to the MGM Grand Garden, March fourth and the eleventh. Ari's going to hook you up with a set of tickets. You can grab your own at Ticketmaster.com. It's Jimmy Buffett, MGM Grand Garden, March 4th and March 11th, Ticketmaster.com. But right now, caller 7364-1100 will get the prize from Ari. Cofield and Company, live on Radio Row, is brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas at the 215 and Rainbow. Back to Cofield and Company, live from Radio Row in Arizona. Yeah, tons of good conversations coming out of Radio Row later in the hour. Uh, former NFL receiver and a big podcaster now, big video game guy, Andrew Hawkins, who played for the Browns. Uh, actor Chris Davis, we're going to talk about the big George Foreman movie that's coming out in just a couple months. But uh, Adam Hill today got a chance to sit down with a uh, hero, Nate Boyer, of course, uh, ties as a former Army Ranger, too. Colin Kaepernick, and they started out the conversation because uh, Boyer always has something new in the fire. He's, he's uh, trying new gigs in addition to all the charitable work that he does. And they started out the convo just talking about all those different gigs and if he is uh, now considered a director. Yeah, I mean, that's filmmaking is like a something I've been passionate about for a long time. And this, uh, the opportunity to do it now and direct my first movie called MVP. Uh, based on an organization I co-founded with Jake Laser, um, it, it's a it is it's one of the hardest things I've ever done, and you know I'm not comparing it to obviously going to war or anything like that, but but you're allowed it to. was challenging. You're allowed yeah. to though because people like people but I'm still it, not doing it right. But people that are people that have, have not done it and they make a comparison, you're like right. hold on, like if you've yeah, done yeah. it, I think you're allowed to be. You're allowed to be comparing it. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, but it's 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 really cool. So, you know, MVP, first of all, it stands for Merging Vets and Players. We bring together combat vets, former pro athletes, and help them find purpose and identity when they lose a uniform. And coincidentally, Vegas uh, is our second chapter of MVP. It's one of our strongest chapters, if not our strongest chapter, which is really cool. Um, so for, for my, my guys Bruno and, and Isaac and Noel out there in Vegas and all the team, I'm giving you guys a shout-out. Love nice, you guys. Nice. Uh, we train – Weekly at Extreme Couture, Randy Couture's gym out there. Couture okay. was in the Army and also a professional athlete, you know, MMA fighter. Uh, but, but the movie's about a, it's about a, a Marine who was uh, living in a homeless shelter at the time and struggling with some stuff, part of a, a 
a unit in the Marine Corps, Battalion 27, that they lost 29 guys on back-to-back deployments and about double that to suicide since then, which is tough. It's you know based on a real background there. And he meets an NFL player, first year out of the league, who on paper, you know, maybe they got nothing in common, but they're going through the exact same struggles of like losing the uniform, the locker room, that identity, and they help each other through it. Um, so that's, you know, this, that, this is my first project. It's, uh, it's out now, and people can watch it on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Showtime picked it up, Paramount Plus is streaming it. Uh, so I encourage people to go see it to learn more about MVP, but also go to vetsandplayers.org and check out the charity. How important is it for you, and you've done it through, through most of your work, I feel like, but how important is it for you to not only you know, create something, but also to, to keep that message and to, and to send a message with the work that you do? I think the most, it's, the most important, it's the most important thing. I mean, I think it's important for anybody doing anything. Like, if you don't have real purpose behind it and, and uh, if it's not something you're actually passionate about, it's hard to do well, you know. Yeah. And, and, but th- no matter what you do in this world, there's always a way uh, to make the world a better place through what you do. I, I, I believe that, you know, as long as you're doing something good sure. <laughs> sure. productive. Sure. Um, but I, there's always that opportunity, you know, whether it's supporting organizations or – yeah, uh, sharing uh, narratives that are important to you. I mean, you know, you have a microphone and a platform, which is really special. So usually there's a lot I, you can do with that. There's usually, a lot of bad you can do with that. Usually I say silly things. Yeah, there's a lot of silly like, you can yeah, do with that's, it. that's mostly what, what we use. But then you for. have Nate Boyer on, too. Sure. And yeah. I'm just, you know, <laughs> just the salt of the earth kind of guy. So uh, Sure. I feel like you're probably a little silly, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm very silly. <laughs> I'm ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I want to get back. You mentioned you shouted out Extreme Couture. Um, you work with Eric Nixick at all over there. That's my guy up at Extreme Couture. They're great, man. Yeah. That, that crew is great. They've been... I mean, MVP started out there, I want to say 2017, so it's going on six years. And these guys have just always had our back, always supported us, always given us a home to operate out of. Um, and, yeah, and there's some, some of the most elite fighters and trainers in the, in the world are out of there. So it, it's, it's, we're really lucky. I feel like everybody, everybody that goes to train on some level starts thinking like, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can be the champ. <laughs> any any thought of like, you know, not, maybe not necessarily yeah. now. Where you're like, oh, I could have done this at some point. I could have been the champion. I mean, yeah, I felt that not not in fighting, but like in football. That's why I went after it. I was like, I, you know, I want to be, I, I uh, you know, I want to be a, I want to be a safety in, on an NFL team one day. You know, on a little kid or a wide receiver, and it's like, you get there and you know, you see how tough it is, and you know, pretty soon you're you're a long snapper instead because you're just trying to get on the field. You <laughs> know, important that, job. That's my story, but it's like it was just. It's the reality of it, but, you know, if you just go for it, the universe will kind of help guide you if you're, if you're pushing yourself. No matter this that, that doesn't have to be sports only. Um, and you'll find your niche, you know what I mean, and your way to be a part of that if you really want it. You just got to put the, the time in and sacrifice. I may be the only person that felt this way. We're talking to Nate Boyer, of course, uh, here down at Radio Row, Cofield & Company, uh, ESPN Las Vegas. Might have been the only person that felt this way, but you might understand me here. We have completely eliminated the long snapper from the Pro Bowl. What oh, are we doing? It's a good point. Didn't completely think about that. unfair. Didn't think about what a slap in the so face. Unfair. It's such an important job. It's I mean, such an important position. What we're are we already doing? never in the paper unless we screw up. Of course. You know? it's, it's, uh, it's unreal. It's funny. We're going to have a 40-yard field flag football? Like, what are the, what's the long snapper supposed to do? They were out, By the way, they were on the team, Pro Bowlers, two, one from each conference. They're just standing there watching the game. It's not fair. I mean, let them go in there and run a route, you know. Come Something. On. <laughs> Something, right? 
long snappers are athletes too, and I, like I, I, I do think it's very interesting uh, that you know to have played that position. You, you, you mentioned stretch, it. it <laughs> come on, man! You're practicing. You're know, out there. Right? It's it's tough. Um, it's it's it was one. Of, you mentioned it exactly what I was thinking. But what an unbelievable role that is so crucial, and you would never. I bet you most fans. Of obsessed fans of teams don't even know who their long snapper is until they want to scream and yell about him screwing up. That Very is true. the most thankless job in all of sports. Oh yeah, no, I, I completely agree. We were, I was talking about that with somebody last night. Like, uh, you know, he was uh, God. What what was his? <clears throat> I can't even remember his name. See, this is the problem. Exactly, exactly. But someone was talking to him about oh, there's no pressure in what you do, and he was telling a story about you know being the snapper for a 58 yard field goal to get him in the playoffs, and it all worked out, thank God. And he's like, but if I if I screw that up, you know, I'm Steve Bartman <laughs> forever. True. You know what That's I mean? True. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. As we're talking about this, by the way, uh, just over my right shoulder, for uh, people listening on the radio, I'm sure you can uh, see it, is uh, maybe the best special teams player in the NFL right now, Matt Collins, who uh, is a gunner, which is also an incredibly thankless job that nobody ever talks about. And painful. It's painful, too, for sure. Um We'll, we'll get to him in a, in a second. He'll be over here with us and uh, keep uh, keep tuning in here. Uh, last thing I wanted to get to, I want to talk about the movie again real quick. But obviously, it's been a couple of years now since yeah. uh, since uh, Colin Kaepernick's situation, of course, uh, was massive, and it's still something to discuss. And I think it's important um, as you get further away, the 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 attention that was on you and the, the the focus that was on you about this whole situation. I think you were unbelievably classy and handled it um, very that. well and, and talked a lot about it. But um, as it gets further away, do you, do you reflect more on? just the media circus that was created around both your, you know, your and his relationship and the discussions that you had? Yeah, I mean, it, it was wild. It was like, uh, I, I was talking about this with somebody recently, and, you know, still the most frustrating part of it was how most of or a large amount of the, the mainstream media wanted to focus on just how he was protesting and when he was protesting instead of why. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's easier. And, and, and that's, you and, don't want to have real conversations. It's easier it, to do that. It's easier to do that, and, and it can be quickly become inflammatory, which makes good television. Sure. And, you know, that's what we see when we're showing images. You know, we see this person sitting and then kneeling during the anthem, and that's the conversation instead of, like, why he was doing yeah. it. And, you know, for those that somehow, if you still don't know, you know, it was it was in protest of uh, police brutality, racial inequality, social uh, injustice. Essentially, uh, when, you know, when law enforcement officers, how what Kaepernick felt, you know, they weren't being held accountable uh, for the unarmed killing of people of color. Uh, and it it's uh, a, a obviously debatable topic. And it being a I've never been a cop. That's a damn hard job, and there's damn a lot of really job. good people that do it. Yeah. And I, you know, I always want to support them and respect that. But at the same time, like just like in the military, not everybody that served in the military uh, did it the right way. And when you have that sort of responsibility on your shoulders, even though it's incredibly tough and there's a lot of pressure and it's dangerous, you have to, uh, you know, be held accountable for your actions. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. And, and his staff and Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and the way the defense has been playing and, and Chris Jones, they're never out. They just they find a way to scrap through and win. I always like to ask myself, if both teams play their best, who can win? 
I, I, it's hard for me to answer that question with this one because I think they're so evenly matched. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Yep, and along Radio Row in Phoenix and in San Diego or all over the uh, West right now. That was Rod Woodson. We're going to talk about him in about 10 minutes because he's going to be part of Willie's big Westgate Super Bowl or big game Sunday show coming up in just a couple of days. But uh, Rod with his comments there, the coach of the XFL Vipers. Great thing about Radio Row is the mix of people and topics is going down for all five days before the game. And there's a lot of actors out there. And this is a great one. Uh, Chris Davis was with us. He's an actor who's been in Detroit. Uh, he was part of Space Jam as well in the show Atlanta. Well, he's the lead in a movie about George Foreman, which I'm really fired up about. It's called Big George Foreman. And we started off the conversation mentioning, hey, you know, a lot of times they try to cast actors to be athletes and especially boxers. A lot of the boxers uh, played by actors, the actors have not done a, a very good job. And with Chris, I was like, hey, right out of the gates, what's your athletic background? Can you do this? Did you do this well? My background athletically is football. Um, and, you know, when you're an athlete or whatever, man, you just guy around, you know, you roll around a little bit, get get dusty, you know, <laughs> throw some punches here and there. But boxing is very different than just, you know, street fighting, if you will. Uh, so it was it was a learning curve for me, definitely, to sit in the technique, you know, and the specificity of it. Um, my coach, Daryl Foster, who also coached Will Smith for um, Ali and I Am Legend, made sure that I understood that, made sure that that was the basis of my work. And after that, we got into the form that Mr. Foreman uses, which a lot of people think is, you know, uh, like a big, like being a zombie, but it's a very specific form of fighting because what he was doing was stop blocks and he was blocking punches and he was moving his, uh, his opponents out of the way with those stop blocks to, to open them up for some heavy hits, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, so that was... Um, that was a learning curve, but we got it down, and uh, I think we did some beautiful work. Will Smith got pretty puffy. He got pretty big for the Muhammad Ali role. Mm -hmm. um, I think you're bigger than him. And George was bigger than Muhammad Ali. How big are you, naturally? Naturally, I'm uh, naturally I'm about 235. Oh, okay. Six, four, so then that's fine. Because that's the other thing. We talk about sports movies all the time, and, you know, rest in peace, Hank Gathers. But, like, they did a Hank Gathers movie, and the guy was, like, 6'1". I'm like, I, <laughs> and, and, you know, what? here's the thing. Maybe most sport... The casual fans don't know, mm -hmm. but like George Foreman was a behemoth. He was, he was. an intimidating guy. You got to get the right person. You got to get the right person. Uh, and I'm glad that they chose me um, because realistically, there's a lot of guys out there who have the same body type and they could have chosen anyone. And I think that what it boiled down to was the ability to create some nuances in the story outside of the boxing, because that's really what this movie is about, right? It's about... Um, second chances at life. It's about finding yourself, about who you really are. And boxing just happened to be a second condition of Mr. Foreman's life. You know, he has such a magnanimous life and this film can't encapsulate all of the things that he went through. It just can't. But we did our best at highlighting some of the ones that we thought were special. Harder to play in ring or out of ring? I had to think of it like it was two different people. Yeah. There was the in ring Mr. Foreman and there's the out of ring Mr. Foreman. Out of ring Mr. Foreman, meaning Mr. Foreman that we don't see on camera, right? The family man. So, uh, you know, it had its challenges, but I, I broke it down that way, and it was easier to step into both worlds because I was able to let go of who he is outside of the ring and just be in the ring. And then when I was outside of the ring, I let go of whatever was happening in the ring to just be a family man. Is this a, is this a role you heard about and you said, I have, like, I have to have this? You kind of attacked it? When I read, the, when I read it, right, the audition sides, 
um, or and the script, I felt like I could relate to a lot of the experiences, or I understood them. Right? I understood what he was experiencing, and I thought that as an actor, I would really be able to highlight those things from a deep, deep personal level. You know. Chris Davis with us, uh, actor playing George Foreman and Big George Foreman. It's all brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas and Spearman Rhino. Fired up, Spearman Rhino, uh, helping us cover Radio Row. So you, you keep mentioning the challenges. Mm -hmm. So without giving away the whole story for the people out there who aren't, we, we, you know, we're a sports radio show, for the people out there who maybe are too young to know what George Foreman went through in the beginning of his career, what were some of the challenges? I mean, George Foreman grew up uh, in the Fifth Ward in Houston, a place where not a lot of people make it out of, first and foremost. So, you know, he fought a lot, like I said, street fighting a lot. Um, and he, on a last, on a whim, found the Job Corps, you know, and went to the Job Corps, and that's where he found boxing. He was trying to save himself, didn't know any way out, but, you know, he had a lot of hope. That's one thing that he always had was a lot of hope in his life. Um, he got to the Job Corps, he got with Doc Brothers, who taught him how to fight. And when he learned how to fight, it was over. When he learned his power, when he could feel his power, it was over. And he got to the Olympics in record time. It was like one year. He started boxing and won the gold medal at the Olympics in like one year. That's crazy. You know, he beat Iona Shapoulis, who, God, I don't even remember how many gold medals he had had over, over a period of time because he just kept being the Russian gold medalist year after year after year after year after year. So the odds for Mr. Foreman to beat this guy, it was never going to happen, but he did it. That's miraculous in and of itself. That's a story. Yeah. You know and then, I mean? and then a, a crazy career because he rises to, you know, the top of the heavyweight division, just annihilates Joe Frazier. And yeah. then from a matchup standpoint and, a, and kind of a thinking standpoint, Muhammad Ali was a bad match uh, matchup for him. Actually, you know, Mr. Foreman, I think, honestly... Mr. Foreman did, he does honest, He does say that he made the mistake of going in there and not taking Ali serious, right? He says that was his, his problem. He went into that fight not feeling any fear, which is really any, any excitement or anxiousness or being on the ball, right? right. He kind of went into it without, like, I'm going to beat this guy. He thought he was a pretty boy, and he was just going to walk, just washing, and that's not what happened. And he gave him everything he got, you know, and uh, wore himself out. And, and if you've ever been in a boxing ring, you know that once there comes a certain point where the oxygen extraction is so bad that your body just wants to stop moving. You can't move your arms. You can't pick them up. You can barely even move your legs, you know. And, and, and um, that was his experience. And he, he learned a hard lesson. That, that was a lot of ego, too. His ego got in the way, really. As an actor, how much pressure is it? Well, usually you play a role and nobody, it's just somebody who's made up or you know somebody that's invented or whatever. You have somebody that everybody knows and loves. Like, how much pressure is that on you to kind of not only tell the story but deliver you know, that performance that everybody wants to see? It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. And, and I think that for me, I really just wanted to, no matter what, stick to the authenticity of who Mr. Foreman is and who he was. I didn't want to stylize it. I didn't want to pretend that I was doing something that I was not. So if I was going to be in there and I was going to be throwing punches, I really wanted it to be specific to who he was because we all see the fights. We all know who he is. 
when he get when when, it, when he gained weight, I didn't want to use a fat suit. I wanted to be as authentic as possible. I went down to Houston. I spent a couple of days with him because I wanted to hear how he talks to people when he's not on camera. I wanted all of these things to be so specific because with a thing like this, you only get one opportunity, right? One opportunity to tell the story that you have in the right way. And I didn't want to be the guy who who got an opportunity to tell Mr. Foreman's story and didn't do it right, and didn't give everything that I got. So I gave it all that I have. And you know, when lose a draw, that's what it is, man. Movie is Big George Foreman. When's it coming out? Um, April 28th. Okay. Must watch. Did, did he see it? He did see it. What do you think? Oh. He said he'd watch it a thousand times over. Really? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That is really good. Uh, Chris Davis is with us, actor, Big George Foreman. I'm going to joke here. Okay. Because I know there's a, you have a lot of responsibility to rep George Foreman correctly, but what is it like being in Space Jam? Because his era takes Space Jam, the original, so freaking serious. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, 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 enjoyed, I enjoyed your movie. You know, mm-hmm. I enjoyed LeBron's movie, as it turns out. But, man, that was, that was a hard standard to live up to, right, Adam? Yeah, it's it's oh, it's almost uh, reminding me now of uh, the new White Men Can't Jump that's coming out too. Or it's like, it better be good because like the, the new Space Jam. I was like, I was so mad. I was like, why are they doing this? I was like, all right, it's good, it's good. I'll, I'll admit, it's good. <laughs> so I'm feeling the same way with the uh, with White Men Can't Jump Can't Jump coming out. But yeah, that's again like you're talking about forming a lot of pressure. Yeah. A lot of pressure to do Space Jam right, man. Yeah. You, well, the thing about the thing about Space Jam is that it wasn't it wasn't doing. We weren't remaking Space right. Jam. That's true. We were doing a completely different story. Yeah. You know, that, that ties into the old story, right? Yeah. So therefore, the responsibility to do something that people cherished, right, it's, it's not a remake. You know, it's a completely different story. So that responsibility just, we can let that go. But the responsibility to make Space Jam fans happy yes. was definitely, yes. definitely there. And um, you could just uh, just hope, you know, just hope that they can, um, that they receive it and they enjoy it. I have a lot of nieces and nephews. And whether or not the old school fans enjoyed it, they loved it. Yeah. And that's it was what good. mattered to me. It was good. You, know? you got an Eagles hat on. Okay, so what's going to happen? Eagles Chiefs. Look it. I'm an Eagles fan. And I also am a, a am a fan of jinxes. I understand that those things happen. So I'm gonna I'm going to I'm an Eagles fan. That's all that needs to be said. I got a lot of faith in this team. They're one of the most well-rounded teams, uh, Eagles teams that I've ever seen in my lifetime. And I'm very excited for them to be in this game. I have very high hopes for this game, and I believe in all these players. And I love I love that they're all one unit, one mind, and smooth work that they do. So, go Birds. Whatever happens, happens. I'll be an Eagles fan tomorrow. I'll be an Eagles fan on the 13th. I'll be an Eagles fan next year. So, as you described it, what did you say about Central Jersey? Because that's where I'm from. Uh, Central Jersey, for all who are listening who are from Central Jersey, <laughs> is no man's land. <laughs> right. So I, so, I grew up a Jets fan, but uh, and I wasn't an Eagles hater because uh-huh. I was always kind of intrigued by Buddy Ryan and that defense. But we do have a connection in Vegas to Randall Cunningham because he played at UNLV. And mm-hmm. So, I don't know how much you got to see Randall you're a younger guy, but uh, for our generation, right, Adam? Don't rub right. me in with your old man generation. <laughs> what are you doing? You were born in what? Seventy nine? Yeah. You were, you were like, like the 50s. You were, it was not the 50s. <laughs> you were like, what were you, 9, 10, 11, 12, developing as a sports sure, fan? You remember uh, Randall? Of course I remember him. You went to great. UNLV? It was great. Okay. We'll see if Jalen Hurts can pass him. He's got a some of the skill set. Yeah, yeah. But Jalen's awesome. a hell of a story because a lot of Eagles fans were pissed. 
when he got picked. I like, what are you doing? Take it. We don't need that guy. I remember. Right? We I have Carson Wentz. I remember. Not anymore. <laughs> I, was, I was there. Yeah. I was there. I was a part of that, that group. But, you know, Eagles fans, we got to be hard for a reason. You know, uh, because we hold a lot of hope in our hearts. And we haven't really gotten everything no. that we think we deserved no. as a team and, you know what I mean, as an organization. So we have to be that way. It's a great I mean? sports region. It's a great sports region, South Jersey yeah. and Philly, and the fan base, they're lunatics. I mean, they really get into it. Yeah. Everyone's into it from yeah. grandmas all the way down to kids. And yeah. It's yeah. a cool fan base. It is. It is. It gets a little crazy it sometimes. Crazy, and I love Don't it. wear the opposing jersey in there. It. I love it. I love it. I love being where I'm from. I love that we're a little crazy like that. Yeah, Eagles fans were all over Phoenix, and uh, I think we'll outnumber the Kansas City fans. Willie, you've got something really cool going on at the Westgate Sunday morning before all the big game festivities in the Superbook, and we talked about Rod Woodson to uh, open this block of the show before we talked to Chris Davis there, actor who's playing Big George Foreman. Rod is going to be one of the guests on your show. So what do you have lined up for guests, and then you got a bunch of celebrity picks, right? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sort of taking the – taking the ball you've handed it off to me from years past and just sort of enhancing a little bit and having some fun with it got some guests uh lined up miles simmons our one of our favorites taylor mathis uh, marissa flores one of my colleagues from the sporting tribune with our good friend arash todd dewey of course john murray and then rod woodson the big guest but what i've had fun the last couple of days putting together is uh some some voiceover type stuff with some music in the background but guest picks so just like when you'd read in the paper celebrity guest picks, I used to do a column back a long time ago on my own site where I'd get actually athletes and celebrities, and I'd, I'd reach out and get the picks from them. Um, so I got today or this year I got voice or you know recordings of them. Hey, this is so and so checking in for the big game. So we have Ryan Reeves, Steve Sharippa, Devonte Adams, Josh Jacobs, Max Crosby, Darren Waller. Um, and then a host of Golden Knights. My favorite one was Alec Martinez with his pick. So um, should be a good time. Two-hour show, 10 to 12. Make sure you tune in. ESPN Las Vegas, we are going to get you ready for the big game. The Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. There's nothing like a football Friday at Treasure Island. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live from Radio Row in Arizona. Let's throw it back down to Radio Row where Adam Hill had a chance to speak to former Browns receiver Andrew Hawkins. He's got a video game that he's part of uh, brought to uh, life by Status Pro. It's NFL Pro Era. It's a VR game. And uh, Andrew Hawkins sat down and started to explain what it is. The first NFL virtual reality simulation football game. And to, to put it very plainly, you get to play quarterback for your favorite NFL team. You get to play a full season. You have to make the throws, make the decisions. You can scramble in the game. And it's literally putting you on the field um, and, and playing in the NFL. Now you were a receiver, mm-hmm. so you probably thought you could play quarterback like any other player does. You believe um, you can. Yeah. Once I started uh, struggling to see over the line of scrimmage, I, I knew that that was not <laughs> going to be my future. But uh, my partner, Troy, who is a former quarterback. Exactly. You know, he, he he picks up everywhere I slack, and that's that's a true partnership. <laughs> and that's what I was going to go to. Like, true, you play quarterback. Like, yes, how how it's not realistic. I mean, you're not you don't you're not getting hit. That's right, one big thing. That's yes. big but like, how the best how, part? How, <laughs> how close it is to simulate kind of the decision making and things that go on on the field? I think it's pretty close. I think it's the closest you're going to get, right? If you haven't had that chance to play quarterback from high school, college, or pro, if you put anyone who has played the position. Uh, behind the line of scrimmage, they'll tell you, like, hey, this is probably the closest you get to showing someone who mm-hmm. hasn't had that experience 
what it's like. So obviously, you know, growing up playing quarterback, playing at Division One level, I'm passionate about the game. Um, me and Hawk always talk about how I think it's cool to throw touchdowns. He'd rather catch them. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's dope. And I think it's it just shows people how much information – how athletic, like just what's going on, the chaos that is football mm-hmm. um, and that happens in between the lines. It's, it's, it does a good job of showing showing what that's like. What what put you guys down the direction of just gaming in general, like to, to yeah. kind of come up with this concept? So we started off as a training product. Um, teams were using our training product to simulate reps against holograms, right, to substitute for reps outside of practice and games. But when we put the headset on, players wouldn't want to take it off. They were playing catch, they are running around with it, and then Hawk and I came together and said, well, what does it look like? to give the 99% of people who don't play at the professional level the experience mm-hmm. to see what it's like to be in a stadium, to throw a touchdown, to catch a touchdown. And um, and that's kind of where it was born out of. So we yep. went down this this ambitious idea of, of getting the NFL to sign up and give us the rights um, to execute the vision, and, and we were ultimately able to get it done. There's no way else, There's no other way to put you into our experience, right? Like, we, we loved our experience as football players. I always tell people it is as cool as it looks. <laughs> yeah. And Troy says being a quarterback is as difficult <laughs> as it looks. And yeah. so video games is, is this place, specifically VR. It's an immersive, you know, technology. And this this is the way that the future is. And so to, so to gamify that, give people that experience of the sport they love, I mean, it, it was a match made in heaven. That is former NFL receiver Andrew Hawkins. Troy Jones also uh, joining us. We should say it's an NFL pro era. You can play. I play it on the uh, the MetaQuest. It's 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 awesome. And I'll, I'll also ask you this because I also started boxing on there uh-huh. uh, in a separate game. Obviously, you can get a bunch of different games on here. Yeah. And I was probably three weeks in, and I was like, Yeah, I could fight. <laughs> you you have to have people that tell you like I can play quarterback in the NFL. Like I'm good at this game. I can play quarterback. In the NFL. Well, you know what? We have a we have a a, a roadmap of the product to continually get people better. So yeah. I don't know if you could go in and play in the Super Bowl. You can't. I can't. I, I can't say you can. Um, but I, I, I will say. But not saying you can. But I will say, once you're in the game, it will absolutely give you the clearest picture you've ever had of what it's like to play quarterback in the NFL. If you play as the, as the Niners, you don't have a quarterback. You don't. Just like that. We just, yeah. we just <laughs> run the ball. <laughs> That's yeah. good. We've got a Super Bowl coming up. Uh-huh. What is the difference in the game? Who are you guys picking? Are you on different sides? That would be even more exciting. Are you asking who we want to win or are you asking who we yeah. think Whatever we'll you want to say. Whatever we are. So I think the Chiefs will win. Okay. I know you probably don't want to hear that in Vegas. Um, I think the Chiefs uh, will win. First of all, I think all week uh-huh. we've probably had close to 60 people sit down. You might be like the third person to pick the Chiefs. Really? That's yeah. nuts. It's crazy. I can't. Right. I don't. I can't. It's an even game. Yeah, yeah. it is an even game. I can't figure out that. why everybody's I, on one side. I, I just. I, I think in the Super Bowl, um, Patrick Mahomes will have an advantage because he's been there. Yeah. So many times at this point, and so that's why I think they'll win. I, my heart wants the Eagles to win. So I'm kind of I'm divided as well. 50-50. Why, why is your heart on the Eagles? I love the story, man. I love the story of Jalen Hurts. I love the story of the first year head coach. I love the story of them so quickly correcting for someone who's, to Troy's point, played on teams that weren't very good and were the subject of, you have no receivers, you have no this, your O-line. To see them flip it so quickly, yeah. I think it plays into the sanctity of football that we all kind of hope for in, in, in everybody's organizations. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of where Hawk is 50-50, what I will say, because I think the Chiefs' experience is just the, the X factor, and specifically Pat Mahomes. But to his point, Jalen Hurts and just understanding 
what it's like to be a quarterback that, mm-hmm. you know, at one point in his career was bitched and then, and then had to yep. come back and, and still defy all those odds and have the success he's had. It's hard not to pull for that because that's not easy to do. So I would love to see him kind of complete this this fairy tale ending with a, with the Super Bowl win. Um, and these things are hard to get to, so there's no guarantee that, you know, there's going to be another opportunity. So it would be awesome to see them pull it out. But if I had to put money on it, I probably would say Pat Mahomes is tough to bet against him and Andy Reid. So. As a quarterback, how would you like to play behind that Eagles offensive line? Oh, I mean, it's a, it's a good <laughs> one, right? You got time. You know, he, hey, you still got to make the throws, though. I will say that. You got to yeah. make the throws. You got to make the reads. And, again, it's NFL football. So even though it, it's a comfortable environment, he still has he's done a good job executing, which is hard to do, you know. Yep. So. yep. Um, I will. I will say. I will say one more thing about the game. That if you if you do get it, if you're listening to this, you're like, oh, I got to play this game. Don't get frustrated right away. Like no. even gripping the ball, you know, like it's so foreign. Like yeah. you got to <laughs> learn how to do it right. And also, I, I played a like a pickup basketball game on there uh-huh. where you know you're like you're trying to figure out how to play. You're like oh, you got to pick up the ball, you got to shoot or whatever. And then all of a sudden, people start talking to me. <laughs> I'm on a court with other people around the world, yeah. and they're like, look at this idiot. I'm like, all right, hold on, okay, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> so then, yeah, I, then I settled in with a. Uh, with a uh, pro era, and I was like, all right, now I'm, I'm feeling it. Once you get it, yeah. it is unbelievable. It's great. I That's love awesome, it. And I'm man. not, this is not about, you know, being here with you guys. Like, this is something I've been talking about on the show. Yeah. Uh, I talked about with uh, my coworkers as well. I showed That's them the dope. commercial, and they're like, oh. I yeah, gotta get this for dope, sure. That's dope, man. That's yeah, so cool. For that's sure. So, cool. so that's great. What is next, though? What do you guys got coming up next? Yeah, just kind of reiterating. Uh, you got to hit. You got to follow up. Yeah, that's, follow that's up. what we're focused on, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we're in this for the long game. You got to drop right? that yeah. second album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. That's how as we always equate it. But it's up to the community, right? Like the yeah. users, the feedback, and that's going to dictate how, what we do in the future. And so that's kind of what we're focused on, continuing to spread the gospel of what we've done, but with an eye to, like, what's next, you know? Yeah. It's the new Madden. That's, That's it. it. The new Madden. I That's love it. it. Guys, awesome. awesome. Uh, where can people just check it out? You can follow you guys or whatever. What do you, what do you yeah, want people so to do? You can follow our uh, Instagram at status.pro. Um, you can get the game on the Oculus Quest platform. It's coming soon to PSVR 2 in a couple of weeks. So excited Oof. about that launch yeah. as well. It's going to be That's awesome. That's big. Um, and, again, you can follow Hawk at Hawk, me at status pro TJ. So yeah. we're excited. There you go. The sounds of a couple of gamers with Adam Hill down on Radio Row, Andrew Hawkins, Troy Jones. And a lot of, as, as Steve said, a lot of interesting things taking place at Radio Row this week when you're down there at, um, because so many storylines come from it. So we've already heard some great interviews, and neither none of them really are related to the game itself, but you get to meet different people and see different walks of life and what they're up to and what they're down there promoting. And it's been all week, Cofield & Company, ESPN Las Vegas, plus Raider Nation Radio, been down there all week in Phoenix, Arizona. As we continue, Cofield and Company, right here from Treasure Island. Steve in San Diego, getting ready for UNLV. And Adam Hills down there representing at Radio Row. Don't miss Sunday's preview show with Willie Ramirez as he welcomes the likes of Sopranos favorite Steve Sharippa, Raiders stars Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, and Josh Jacobs, and a host of Golden Knights with all their predictions for the big game. Hi, this is Mark May, former NFL player, and I'm going to be on the Willie Ramirez show, and this is what I'm going to tell Willie. Guess what, guys? I know who's going to win the game, so you better listen up. That's Sunday, live from the Westgate at 10 a.m. on ESPN Las Vegas.